0: Welcome to the Social Dallas Podcast. Today you'll hear an uplifting message from our pastor. Our hope is that your relationship with God would flourish like never before. Tonight, I'm introducing the woman that stands not behind me, but beside me. And she is the epitome of a key. She's been through things but doesn't even smell like the fire that she's been through. I've watched her in private places and secret places, walking strength and power and dignity. She's spoken to me in moments of my life where I didn't think I could stand. She's a fighter, I'm so glad My baby girls are here today because they look up to their mama. She's a powerful woman of God, and tonight she's a key. She is going to unlock something in you tonight with the word that God has given her. So I want you right now to get your expectation level up even higher. She says all the time, I'm going to spend the rest of my life making people feel less broken, and that's what she's going to do tonight. Come on, help me thank God for my bride who's gonna preach the word with power and confidence. Come on, the beautiful Taylor Medina.
1: I'm grateful. I'm just grateful. love Jesus. I've been broken. I've been tested. I've made mistakes. I've failed a whole lot and I'm unworthy to even stand on a stage and hold a microphone. But by the grace of God, he continues to redeem and restore and he writes this story and I love when God redeems, he he uses our stories to pull people out of bondage and take them with us down the road to freedom and so tonight is just that. It's another opportunity where we get to experience God's freedom and I don't know your background, I don't know where you're from Um, I don't know if you're, as I mentioned earlier, we have a lot of girls coming across the city, across the world, and it may be a little scary to you, but when you've been broken and you face hardships, you can't help but passionately, excitingly (laughs) lift up your hands and shout because he's just that worthy. You don't have to do that, right? But when we do it, it's because he's just that worthy. And I can't help but reflect four years ago, social girls, for those of you that don't know, one day, all of a sudden, God put it in my heart um, to help my previous pastor with her women's event. And it's crazy because I had no idea what was ahead. I just wanted to be obedient and help her. So I called for a photo shoot online and there was a lot of women that responded that were willing to come help with the photo shoot. And so out of that, I was like, wait, this was a great response. I should do like a little, you know, host an event and have women come and allow them to have a space to meet Jesus, right? So 50 women show up at the lumen room. I have a picture of it. You see that photo? That's actually how Social Girls and Social Dallas all began was just my willingness, honestly, uncertain, afraid, had no idea what was ahead, but I just said yes. And now look across the room and you see the fruit. And more than that, you see Social Dallas and the way that God is using Social Dallas. And so I'm just extremely grateful. And when I was processing what exactly God wanted me to say tonight to you, I'm not going to lie, this didn't come easy. Okay, we'll get to that in a little bit. I don't think it ever comes easy. Pastor Robert actually every single week is like fighting for this word. And every time we switch places, I have so much more compassion for him because I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I know what you're going through, right? And so when I was processing, it's been a year, I felt the Lord say, rebrand social girls as the table. Because as you expand and as you continue to grow, because that's what I'm going to do, I never want you to forget the power of what it looks like to gather around the table. Connection happens at the table. Freedom happens at the table. Life happens at the table. And so we, as we gather tonight, my prayer and my heart is ultimately that you all connect to the Father in a way that you've never experienced Him before. Will, you're good. Thank you so much. Can we give it up for Will? And stand by, because you know I'm gonna call you up in just a little bit. How cool is this that we're actually streaming this on Sunday? We've never streamed a Social Girls event. This is amazing. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people will see this. So when God asked me to rebrand it as The Table, I thought tonight I need to explain exactly what the table is. And I've been in the book of Exodus. I don't know why the Lord has me in Exodus because the Old Testament is a little bit over my head. Can we keep it real? Is it over anyone else's head? Okay, so I'm gonna try to break this down. You have notes on every card and you have a pen. So we're gonna go to class tonight, okay? Are you ready to go to class? Okay. So first, what what is the table? What is the meaning behind the table? The Father showed me that the table is actually the heartbeat of the Father. The table is something that we treat as mundane because we see it everywhere. Everywhere that you go, restaurants, you see a table, right? You go to an event, and the first thing they ask whenever we go from venue to venue is, do you need tables? And, and we say yes. And then you go home, and everyone in their home has a table, right? And so we have a tendency to overlook the mundane. But tonight, Social Girls 2022 is a call to refocus for us to go back to the basics of the table. The table is symbolic of connection, community, a place of vulnerability, a place of reflection, a place of gratitude, a place where you pause and you unpack, where you process with others and where you sit eye to eye with humanity. Humanity is the heartbeat of the Father. A writer wrote, all furniture communicates meaning. It's unavoidable. It's what things do. A bed speaks of our inner lives, of the body and the soul. Our cabinets imply secrets and the tables invite company. The value of a table, like all pieces of furniture, lies in its history. We might make it, but furniture in turn makes us. It shapes us, it defines us, and it determines our everyday lives. And so tonight, I wanna go down history lane. And throughout the Bible, you'll see that the table is mentioned often. We often see Jesus at the table. He loved the table. He loved talking to people. The greatest commandment, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The Father was always about the connection to the Father. Jesus, always the connection to the Father, and always the connection to humanity. One of the first times that we see a table make a significant appearance is in the making of the tabernacle. What is the tabernacle? Does anyone know how to answer that question? Y'all are kind of like, wait, what? Yeah, no, y'all can talk back to me. Yeah, yes, you know what it is. There you go, girl. Oh, Stacey, you know what it is, girl. I know you knew what it was, girl. The tabernacle was the portable sanctuary constructed by Moses as a place of worship for the Hebrew tribes during the period of wandering. That sounds familiar, social Taoist. Thank you, Jesus. That preceded their arrival in the promised land. Social Dallas, we've been wandering, waiting for our promised land. But the beauty is, is that no matter where we go, the presence of God dwells and continually, consistently shows up no matter what venue. We can be in Toyota, we can be outside at Strauss, we can be at Gillies, we can be at Granada. And the presence of God rests on this house. Inside the tabernacle was a table called the table of shoebread the table held 12 loaves of bread. The bread represented two things, the 12 tribes of Israel, which was humanity, and Christ, the bread of life. So here again, we have Christ and humanity, which is the heartbeat of the Father. The table is an active exchange, so it's a place where we sit and we serve. So pass me the bread, pass me the charcuterie, and pass me the greens. We're Southern and we're classy, okay? So anyone else say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Southern and classy, period. Okay. Pass me the bread. But we also receive and are transformed. So practically and spiritually, things are changing when we gather around the table, It's been proven that families who gather around the table at least five times a week are healthier, the kids are less likely to do drugs, and they academically do better. How often do you gather around the table? This is something that we've tried to implement into our family. I get very, very passionate about this. We turn off cell phones, I cook the meal, we gather around the table and we reflect, we talk about our day. We talk about our goals. We talk about what we're grateful for, what made us happy, what made us sad, because there's something about the connection at the table. So practically, it's important to gather around the table. I want to challenge you today, those watching online and those in the room, start implementing gathering around the table. If you knew the power of what was happening when you gather on the table and actually being truly present, not having your cell phone, when's the last time you got around a table and didn't have your cell phone? That's hard, right? I know that I always have my cell phone, so I'm always beating myself up, but it's important to connect. It's important to not be distracted, but to actually talk and conversate, the connection to humanity. But also spiritually, we see that at the table is where God's presence dwells, the bread of life, okay? So the bread of life and anywhere his presence is Do we realize what happens whenever his presence is in the room? That's why I'm so passionate about being a house of presence because it's in his presence where there's fullness of joy. Oh, how our hearts need joy. I don't know what you came in here today with. I don't know what rejection you're facing, what trauma you face, what you faced yesterday or you're gonna face, but I know that in his presence, There's fullness of joy. I also know that in his presence, there's freedom. And I know that once upon a time, I was living in a place of darkness and I so desperately needed someone to get me into his presence. And it was his presence that transformed my life, it transformed my mind. Whenever the enemy was coming against me, giving me negative thoughts of shame and guilt and condemnation, it was if I could just get into his presence. And it's not cliche, there's power in his presence and his presence rests at the table. So tonight I wanna talk about one, the table of presence. House of presence, table of presence. There's a table that's been set tonight and this night didn't come easy. My God, it didn't come easy. Ooh, Jesus, it did not come easy. Are you having a good night? Yes, those watching online, I hope you're enjoying yourself as well. This night didn't come easy. The night came with lots of preparation, meetings, hours of sacrifice. I wish you could see the incredible team and all that they gave to make this night possible, to set the table so beautifully for you and for me to feast. Did you know we're feasting right now? They gave heart and soul. They actually literally gave blood, sweat, and tears. We were up here last night and I walk out and they're cleaning out the truck and setting up and Chris cut his finger and there's literally blood. Jake's walking around with tissue in his nose because he's having a nosebleed, help us Lord. And then I go, uh-huh, for real, literal blood, sweat and tears, thank you Jesus. And so then I look over and Liz and Pastor Amy are just sweating and I go to give them a hug and they're like, uh-uh, uh don't, don't give us a hug, we stink and we're sweaty. I'm like, listen, I'm sweaty and I just got a spray tan so I stink too, let's just give each other a hug. Y'all know that spray tan smell is just not it, right? blood sweat and tears. And then I'm not going to lie. I came in last night and it was not. The table just was not set as well as I would have liked. And I cried. I was overwhelmed. I said, "Lord, I've been fasting, I've been praying, I've been setting this table trying to make it right and this is just not what I saw happening." I felt overwhelmed. Got in the car. The girls are like, "Mommy, are you crying?" I'm like, "Yes, I'm crying. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine." It's fine. But it took a lot of work and effort and preparation that went into the table. But the beauty is that the, the table, although it's not easy setting the table, and it is a battle, but the reason that it's a battle, the reason that it was so hard to get to this moment is because of the power and the transformation that happens whenever we take a seat at the table. And whether, whether you realize it tonight, you have paid a ticket <laughs> Thank you for paying a ticket. That's awesome. You covered about 10% of the event. So for real, thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> for real, for real. Thank you so much. But you've, you've pulled up a seat at this table. And I'm believing that tonight when you experience His presence, His presence is already here. But you will not leave the same. This night is marking you. This night is actually changing the generations to come. It's amazing. You feel it. I feel it. So, as I just said, you know, I went home crying, but this is actually funny. So, I don't know if you knew this, but I am a pastor, but I'm also an influencer. I love that creative element of my life. And so, it's just something I do for fun and I get paid doing it, so why not do it, hey? My management is actually in the room. Can y'all stand to y'all's feet? Hey, E5 in the building. Look at y'all, don't be shy. Stand to your feet. E5 in the building. Look at y'all at so right. They keep me on my toes, okay? So they've been staying on top of me and they're like, hey, you have to capture your content. I'm the influencer that like goes to the table. I start eating my food and I forget that I'm supposed to record and get the food so I can post it later and get paid for it. You know what I'm saying? And so here we go. I'm like, you know what? Social Girls is a big deal. It's a part of my life. I should actually record and get all this content That way I can post it later on what all goes into the preparation of actually writing a sermon. So no kidding, y'all. I prop up my phone, okay? I've been mom all day, I've been wife all day. I came up here, I'm praying over the seats, getting everything cleaned up, making sure everything is right, looking good. And then I go home and Pastor Robert always studies at night. I don't know how he does it, but I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna study at night. He said, God speaks the best to him at night. So I'm like, okay, Lord, if you're gonna speak to me the way you speak to him, and then I can communicate the way he communicates, in Jesus' name, I'm gonna stay awake tonight, okay? So I prop my phone up and I hit record. I hit record. And then all of a sudden, y'all, I was like, I'm a little cold, so I like get my blanket. <laughs> I get my blanket, and I'm like, okay, and I get a little comfortable, and I actually have my content that I want to show you and what went into prepping this table. Can you go ahead and just put that on the screen real quick for the people? Oh my gosh. <laughs>
0: I do that, I do I do I
1: Y'all, that took me out. I said the Lord was helping me write my sermon. I didn't know it. Y'all, it was really hard for me. Like this this whole like Old Testament, I'm tired. It really just makes my brain really tired. So I was really trying and I'm grateful because now I have the content to show y'all that I really tried, okay? So engage tonight in Jesus' name. What do you think about that, Allie? Do you like that content? That'll go out tomorrow for everybody, all right? <laughs> I'm literally tired. But when I say I was tired, I'm not playing. Okay. But I woke up this AM and I'm I'm serious when I tell you, I texted Pastor Robert. I said, you're preaching tonight. I'm not going to preach. I'm tired. I don't have a message. The Lord hasn't spoken. He goes to Orange Theory. And all of a sudden I go up to the room. I said, I'm going to give it one more shot. Lord, you got to speak. And all of a sudden he said, tell them about my presence. Tell them about my presence and just get them into my presence. That's all you gotta do. Then the prayer team, they text me and they ask, hey, what, what's the vision for tonight? What, what do we need to pray for? I said, we just gotta get them into their presence. We just have to get them into his presence. Then the worship team, they ask, what's the vision of tonight? I said, we just have to get them into his presence. We just have to get them into his presence. And then everyone continues to ask, what's the vision behind social girls and the table? I said, we just have to get them into his presence. And our number one goal here at Social Dallas is to create a space that houses God's presence because I want to be a glory carrier. When the lights don't work, I just got to get people into his presence. Whenever the screens aren't working and everything doesn't look like I need it to look, I just need to get people into God's presence. And so tonight I told Chandler and Trinity and the team, I said, we just gotta, we just gotta go there. I know that it can be a little weird for some and may scare some, but at the end of the day, the presence of God is a little weird because healing happens. What What do you do whenever someone comes into a room and they're in a wheelchair, and God's presence shows up and all of a sudden they get out of the wheelchair? That's weird, right? It is weird. Whenever the blind begin to see, whenever you see uh, tears come down people's faces and we get emotional, it's because the presence of God is real, but it's also unique and. It's a little different, but that cannot stop us from seeking after his presence because I can get up here and do a cute sermon. You can get up here and be the best communicator in the world, but without the anointing and without the presence, what are we even doing? Do you see what I'm saying? So we gotta get them into God's presence. The woman with the issue of blood working her way through the crowd. She just had to touch the hem of his garment. She just had to get into his presence. There's something about desperation that unlocks the miraculous. And tonight, I believe that we are people, an army of women that are desperate for the presence of God, desperate to see the miraculous, desperate to see our friends come to know Jesus. And and they've come tonight to be set free, desperate for the presence of God. Tonight, you're gonna hear me talk about the presence all night long. It's because it's the presence. It's the presence. It's the presence. It's the presence. But tonight, we've all been given an invitation. Tonight is an invitation. But what are you going to do with the invitation? Some of us are sitting at a table, at the table. There's two tables. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But, but we've been invited, but some of you just aren't really sure if you want to join the table. The other day I heard someone say, I want to be invited, but I ain't going to go. Do y'all feel that way? I feel like we can all relate. You see what I'm saying? I want to be invited to the party, okay? But I may not show up. It doesn't mean I didn't love you, but thank you for inviting me, okay? (laughs) Tonight we've all been invited to the table, but some of us have declined the invitation. But I want to ask you, why aren't you sitting at the table? Why have you decided in your mind that you don't want to pull up a seat at the table? Is it that you don't feel good enough? That's, I get it, but is it because you feel like you messed up really, really bad? And if we saw what you posted last night or we saw what you said last night or we saw where you went last night or we saw what you did today that you you would be too bad and too far gone to be able to have a seat at this table. You feel too dirty, too guilty. You feel disqualified. Or maybe the table looks unattractive due to the mean Christians making you never want to sit at the table. I'm not sure why you are hesitant to come to the table, but I know that in a room this size, filled with this many women, that not everyone is seated at this table. But tonight's an invitation and tonight is for you. Please don't let the shame, the guilt, the condemnation stop you from sitting at the table. All are welcome at the table. Truly, all are welcome at the table. Come as you are. And I want you to understand that as you come as you are, it doesn't mean that you can stay where you are. So everyone can come to the table. We invite you. But just know that when you get to the table, there's, there's a table of grace, but there's always also a table of truth. And we will provide the truth at the table. Because what does the truth do? the truth will set you free, right? Just know that you'll never clean yourself up good enough. It is only in His presence, getting to the table first, that then we are transformed. And also, Christians, I wanna talk to you. We have to stop expecting people to clean themselves up before we invite them to the table. I heard someone once say, you never see a fisherman trying to clean a fish before he catches it. Come to the table, come as you are. Oh, Lord, get out of here, devil, you see that fly? (laughs) I'm kidding, y'all, it's not the devil, I'm just throwing that out there. Will, I'm gonna have you join me. The Lord knows, I mean, the devil knows I hate bugs, I'm surprised I didn't jump off the stage. Come as you are, truly. You see, come as you are. Unpolished, all the things, come as you are. You know where I get this confidence? My confidence comes from Him. You see what I'm saying? Feeling feel inadequate, but at the same time, I'm confident in who I am in Him, so I'm just going to sit right here for a second. I'm so glad that I accepted the invitation because I once upon a time felt the shame I felt the condemnation. I felt like I wasn't worthy to be loved. I didn't feel worthy to marry Robert Madu. I felt like I was too dirty. He was a virgin, I wasn't. I couldn't look at him in the eye. I couldn't believe that God would have something so, someone so special for me, I didn't feel worthy. Life had hit me, life was unfair. Divorce, my mom was an addict. I was hit with so many things in my life, which led me to really bad decisions. And then I'm a teen pregnant out of wedlock, and I just just felt too far gone. And yet, I'm so glad that I accepted the invitation. Accepting the invitation to the table is what completely transformed my life. My life was transformed when he met me in that hospital bed. And he pulled me out. And that's why I dance and I sing and I smile and I passionately talk about Jesus because he transformed my life. It was his presence that transformed me. He redeemed me. Psalm 34, listen to my testimony. I cried to God in my distress and he answered me. He freed me from all of my fears. Gaze upon him, join your life with his and joy will come. Your faces will glisten with glory and you'll never wear that shame face again at the table. Shame is heavy. If you've experienced shame, you know how heavy it is. My prayer tonight is that you take a seat at this table of his presence and that when you do, you understand that the best part is that you not only get to experience His presence, but this table is also a table of purpose. Another significant moment in the Bible, a table moment is the, the Last Supper. So here we have the tabernacle, the table within the tabernacle. And now we see that when Jesus had his last moments on the earth, I mean, he had family, he was a little boy, he had a mama, he had relationships. He's lived life up until this moment and he's about to give his life. This is the reason that he came. And then the night before, I believe this is quite significant in that that we take a look at what he did. He gathered around, what did he gather around? He gathered around a table the night before. Here we have Jesus with 12 people gathered around a table. And here again, we see the heartbeat of the Father. We have Christ and we have humanity sitting eye to eye. Who was at Jesus's table? One thing that's important to know is that a variety unique group of people who didn't have much in common but Jesus were at the table. Jesus is what kept these people at the table So, note to everyone in the room, we shouldn't all look the same at the table. Did you know that? (laughs) That's what I love about Social Dallas is we truly are a diverse church. I don't just mean in race, but in age and backgrounds and the way we grew up. I mean, I was just sitting with LaShawn. I can't wait for y'all to hear LaShawn's story. We sat across from a table a few weeks ago And LaShawn began to tell me her story and we eye to eye, sister to sister, she began to tell me her upbringing and the pain and the rejection that she faced and the way that God met her in prison and met her here and there. And LaShawn sits in these seats. She is a powerful woman. And it was at the table that I learned about this powerful, unstoppable force in the earth that sits in the seats of Social Dallas every single Sunday, get to know her, hey. She carries such an anointing for deliverance. And I discovered that sitting eye to eye at a table. She's different, we don't look the same. We don't have the same background, but guess what? We're at the same table. My sister, I'm so proud of you by the way. So honored to have you here, truly. It means the world to me. We have our differences and we may rub each other the wrong way. We post our differences. We talk about our differences. Culture is teaching us to cancel people when we are different because they don't vote like us or talk like us or respond like us. But it is our love for him that should transform us to love people that are different define different not just our hair makeup skin color i'm talking about the people you don't like <laughs> christians walking around we're christians and there's people that we don't like it's unfortunate but it's the flesh we need that to go somewhere right but first john four nineteen twenty-one. 21 it's easier said than done let's get real right john first john 419 21 it says we love because he first loved us Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and their sister. You're like, I love my brother and my sister. But then all of a sudden you're like, I love everybody. But she hurt me, she offended me, so she, she better not come to me, okay? She better not come at me, okay? She hurt me, she offended me, she betrayed me. Well, guess what, there was a betrayer sitting at Jesus' table as well. The night before he gave his life, he invited the person that would hand him over to take his life. He invited him at the table. What a humble savior. He not only invited him to the table, but he then washed his feet. Jesus, he knew Judas would betray him and he gave him a seat anyways. Judas betrayed Jesus and handed him over for death. What pain. Jesus loved Judas. He loved him so much. The pain he must have felt to, to walk with Judas and do life with Judas and talk with Judas. And now all of a sudden Judas is at the table only to cause the pain of betrayal. I don't know who's betrayed you tonight, but I believe that when we look here, the table of purpose, that there's pain in, there's purpose in the pain. That Judas was sitting at the table simply to fulfill the will of God in the earth. There are things in your life that feel like betrayals or rejection and disappointment. The spouse that was unfaithful. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that they were unfaithful. They didn't honor you, they lied to you. They disrespected you. I'm so sorry for the pain that must cause and the insecurity as a woman of what that must feel like, that you're unworthy and you're not easy to love and how do you fix your body now and is he looking or is he, I'm so sorry. But there's purpose. There's purpose in the pain, the job that you didn't get and you feel unqualified but there's purpose. I thank God for rejection in my life. You know how many times that because I'm such a lover of people I tried to make a relationship work and I kept getting rejected and it didn't make any sense of why I was being rejected and yet I was rejected And now I'm so grateful for rejection because it led me to the path of where I am today. Thank you, Jesus, for rejection. Not Jesus rejecting. But it was the closed doors that were leading me and it didn't make sense then and it hurt deeply then. But now I see, oh, no, no, no. Rejection is a friend. The person that ran your name in the ground, so sorry for the pain, for the betrayal, but at this table, it's the pain that pushes each of us into our purpose. There's purpose. Can you say there's purpose in my pain? There's purpose in our pain. There's purpose in our sufferings. I know that I've, I've suffered great. A lot of us in the room have suffered great, but, tonight is a glimpse of the purpose in the pain it taught me how to walk it taught me how to live it taught me how to talk to jesus it taught me how to lift my hands in the valley it taught me it wasn't a song and it wasn't even a sunday service it was literally the valley of the shadow of death that i learned how to walk this thing out and i don't care who you are what you do there is nothing that Can separate me from my eyes fixed on Jesus loving Jesus and loving people loving Jesus and loving people Jesus Christ and humanity Jesus Christ and humanity that is the call on every single one of our lives when I think about pain not just emotional pain but it was pain that completely transformed our whole family my whole family no one was saved in my family and one day my father was, was skiing, and he actually skied into a log that was sticking out of the water. And the log went into his leg and almost completely took off his leg, so he was rushed to the hospital. And there was a man that was named Brother Jake Snyder. I love Brother Jake. Y'all don't know who Brother Jake is, but heaven will tell it, Brother Jake. He was a pastor of a local church of about 20 to 30 people. And because he didn't make much money, he actually was, um, he would sack groceries at the local Piggly Wiggly. What y'all know about Piggly Wiggly? (laughs) Brother Jake knew my grandfather and my grandfather would work for the hostess truck dang, listen how Southern I sound. I feel like I sound so Southern right now. The hostess truck, and he would come and deliver bread to the Piggly Wiggly, and Brother Jake would be there filling the grocery sacks, and he would always tell my grandfather, who didn't know Jesus at the time, I'm not the bread man. I'm the bread man's son, but I'll be delivering bread until the bread man comes. My grandfather would, okay, this bread man, this bread man, tell me more about this bread man. So my my father has the wreck and brother Jake Snyder hears and he would visit local hospitals and he walked in one day to my father. My father was laying there and brother Jake would carry his little pocket Bible, the little ones that go in your back pocket and he leaned down and began to tell my father for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes will not perish. Do you know Jesus, Robbie? Do you wanna invite Jesus into your life? This is what I'm talking about, the table. That was an invitation to the table that day. And I love it because I was even challenged this week, how often I'm only surrounded by other Christians. How am I gonna lead people to Jesus if I'm only surrounding myself with people that know Jesus? And Brother Jake that day got out of his normal comfort zone and he would go out and he would go out to seek and to save the lost in Jesus' name. And he meets my father and he begins to lead my father to Jesus. Well, that literally changed everything. My dad immediately at 19, I believe, gets up from that hospital bed. He's, he recovers and he's, I'm called to be an evangelist. I'm gonna t- preach and teach all over the world and tell people about Jesus. So he did just that and my whole family was changed and saved because of this man named Brother Jake Snyder. I love Brother Jake. I wish I could hug Brother Jake right now, but he's gone on to heaven. And what's even more powerful is that Brother Jake is in his casket and my dad comes and he he stands above the casket and he's staring. And when he looks down, he sees that same pocket Bible that Brother Jake led him to the Lord with, sitting on his chest. And it takes his breath away. He can't believe that he's looking at the man that literally changed generations because of his obedience, because of his willingness to set the table so beautifully so that my family could feast at this table. And he's looking there and he sees the Bible. And now all of a sudden, another man who's older comes and puts his arm around him. And he says, my dad goes, hi, I'm Robbie. He goes, I know exactly who you are. I led brother Jake to the Lord. He said in the day that he led you to Jesus, he came running back to me and said, I caught a big fish today. Isn't that amazing? I caught a big fish today. And because of Brother Jake's love and passion, keeping the main thing the main thing, he set the table so beautifully. And my life has been completely impacted. And now tonight, because of Brother Jake, you all sit in this room. Because of Brother Jake setting the table, on Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, we're able to feast of this goodness and of this Savior named Jesus that consists of love, and that consists of joy, and peace, and goodness, and kindness, and gentleness, and self-control. Everything that you need is at the table. I'm gonna have you stand to your feet. The final table that is mentioned is the marriage supper of the Lamb. It says, then I heard, this is in Revelation, from Exodus to Revelation, Lord Jesus, this is, wow. There's gonna come a day where we all stand before Jesus. We're gonna stand before Jesus and I pray that I see you at this table. If you don't know who Jesus is, I want you to know him tonight. If you don't know how to set the table and you need help setting the table, well, this is great because you're joining the sisterhood. It's a sisterhood. We do life together, right? This is what it's all about. That's why I have that prayer card so that you can can connect with someone. The enemy wants to keep you in isolation. He wants to keep you by yourself, but you need women surrounding you, encouraging you, speaking life into you, right? The marriage supper of the Lamb, the final table. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude. This is what's to come. Like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean was given her to wear. And then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. You have been invited. Blessed are those who will be invited. First Corinthians ten twenty one. it says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. So that means there's two tables. And if you're not sitting at one, you're sitting at the other. And so tonight, I don't care which table you're sitting at, but I I do care what table you're sitting at actually. But I don't wanna keep you from thinking that because you're at one that you'll never make it to the other. It's achievable and it's attainable simply by surrender. To surrender your life so that you can come and feast of this good Savior that is so faithful, that is so worthy, that is so mighty, that is so good. So I wanna give you an opportunity tonight. A, I want to refocus. If you're saved, this is simply a refocus of the value and the power of the table. I don't ever wanna lose the connection. And it's not just the connection to humanity, but the connection of his presence. We will never outgrow. That's why if the wind spear are on our knees and you feel the angels in the room, the reality is, is that tonight heaven is expanding itself. How powerful is that? that there's people in the room that are literally fixing their gaze on Jesus. They're making a decision to to lay their lives down, to follow Jesus. Heaven is growing. What? Heaven is growing. Heaven is expanding. That's powerful. That's the reason that we're here. So I want to invite you to come and sit at the the table of the Lord. Everyone bow your heads. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you know about him but you've been hurt by the church or hurt by other people and you don't really wanna be a part but maybe something in your heart tonight has been moved and you want to consider taking a seat at this table. I want you to understand the value that you bring that there actually is a seat at the table with your name on it and it's irreplaceable. You are irreplaceable. The Father loves you. He, before the foundation of the earth created you, he's been anticipating this moment because he knew that you were on the way and he knew that this was another opportunity for him to meet you face to face, to encounter his presence. And so if you don't know Jesus and you feel like you don't have a seat at the Lord's table and you want to give your heart to Jesus, you want to give him a try tonight, I want you to lift your hand to receive this love. I see your hand, see your hand, see your hand, you're the reason that we're here. You are the actual reason that we are here. I'm gonna invite the prayer team to come. Pastor Honey and LaShawn and whoever else. I first wanna lead you in a prayer and you can repeat after me. But then I'm gonna have Chandler and Trinity sing a song that has been in my heart. And I want you to listen to the words and process and feel the presence of God as He is in the room. But for those who want to give their hearts to Jesus today, I want you to repeat after me. Jesus, come into my heart today. Cleanse me of my sins. Forgive me for the things that I've done wrong. I may not know much about you, and I may not know really what to do next, But you said in your word that you are my helper and that you will help me on this journey. So I ask you to help me, Father. Take my hand and lead me to a seat at the table. Fill every void Give me the strength for the journey. And have your way in my life. I receive you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus
0: would like to thank you for being a part of our social global family. Please head to our website socialdallas.online and see the many ways you can stay connected with us from around the world.